Welcome to the Rock of Bay County, Florida, where our vision is to be a multi-generational gathering, moving as one body to bring the glory of Yahweh to this beautiful county and to all the earth. We hope you are encouraged and blessed as you listen to this message. I want to talk this morning about something I feel Holy Spirit's put on my heart. And that's uh, the power within truth. I went through an experience, I'd have to say, uh, a process. I'm hot out here. Okay. Uh, I went through an experience, a process, I guess a dialogue with Yahweh this past week and I was extremely, extremely frustrated. I know none of you have experienced this frustration. (laughs) You're all saints. Um, But pray for me because this past week I experienced some major, major frustration. And though I've been, I mean, somewhat, it's impossible not to be somewhat frustrated through this time. I really, 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 really was just, I don't know, just, I guess frustrated is the only way to say it. Uneasy, unsettled, and you can ask my wife, I was, I was different, and, um, and I don't, and I didn't really know what was going on. I, I know that most of my frustration has come through this pandemic, not just being isolated or anything like that, but like the difference, I used to, I used to, let's say it like this, I used to feel like, I'm gonna have to step back here, because that speaker, um, but I used to feel like in the very beginning of this that this was so much like the hurricane. It felt so much like right after the hurricane, everything that we experienced. There was just such an eerie feeling. I even said that about the likeness of the uncertainty in a time like this. But as it's gone on, I've seen such vast differences. And one of those being that after the hurricane, there was such a sense of unity there was such a drawing together. There was a sense of hope and togetherness and not just this house, but in the community, Bay County and surrounding areas that went through the same thing that we went through. And it was my hope that in this, that would be the same experience. However, it's been anything but that. It's been a dividing line for so many things. And excuse me for taking some liberties as a pastor this morning, but my real heart and my real frustration is the political game that has been played in this, the the lack of knowing where truth is. I've said this before, but I mean, it seems to me, again, my own opinion, but it seems to me on one end, on one end, if you're a a, a right-wing Republican, this is a bunch of hoopla, and it's fake news, and they're trying to play a political game, and they're trying to take down President Trump. On the other end, if you're a left-wing liberal, what you're you're believing is this just highlights the, the, the president and all that his shortcomings, and we should all stay home because this is the worst thing that has ever hit the globe. And then there's a people that are kind of in this chasm in the middle, which I think I fall into, which are back and forth on like, man, I know there's a virus out there and I want to make sure that I protect my family. But then at the same time, it definitely feels overblown and ridiculous. And, I, and I'm just, I'm going back and forth. I find myself just 
wavering back and forth. One morning, I read something, I'm all in, like, man, everybody get inside, I'm spraying you all down with Lysol, bleach, get the bleach out, everything needs to be sanitized, and we got to be, you know, safe. And then I wake up the next morning, I'm like, why are we doing this? Like, this is absolutely ridiculous, and it's made me so double-minded and so frustrated within myself and really disappointed with the fact that in the United States of America, it's hard to find truth. It's hard to find a source of news. Could you pass me that water, Eva? It, it's hard to find that, uh, that source, um, you know, news, information that is actually true. And so I found myself in prayer this week, just giving that one to Yahweh and saying, Yahweh, you know, I've, I've got a family and for myself, I want to know the truth. I want to know what is real and what is the fake news. I want you to just give me wisdom in this thing. And I thought I was saying all the right things. Show me, show me how to operate in this time. Show me what is true. And pretty much immediately I felt Yahweh come right back at me. And he said, you're focusing on the wrong conflict. Please elaborate, Yahweh. (laughs) He said, you're focusing on the wrong conflict because the conflict that you're focused on, it pales in comparison to the conflict within yourself of you trying to play a balancing act between spiritual truth and natural truth. So the question you should be asking yourself is not what is true, but what is truth? And that was one that hit me, <laughs> obviously. So my, my, what I did is I went, and I've just scratched the surface of this, but I feel like this is what I'm to share with our people this morning. And that is, what is truth? So there's a lot to this. But truth is, is a wild, wild word. I'm still, you guys. God, there's such, I wish, I so wish, and I hope that through the live stream, I believe that there is a presence that went through your own homes and that you're experiencing the same presence and the same just power and thankfulness and, and everything that we have in this tent right now. Thank you, worshipers. Um, but the word truth, the word truth is, is actually biblical truth comes from a word that's, that's, that's pronounced emmet. And the thing about truth in the word emmet is that it's three Hebrew letters, it's the first that's read right to left in Hebrew. It's the first letter, it's the middle letter, and it's the last letter in the Hebrew alphabet. Now that's kind of coincidence or you know, not that big of a deal unless you understand that in Hebraic culture, the, the letter of the word is more important to them than the actual word it comprises. There's so much depth and so much uh, revelation in each little letter that the, that the ancient culture even called it the living letters. And they believe the letters spoke to them. Many people who, uh, who, who study that believe they speak now. <clears throat> and so whenever you know that the word is the first letter the middle letter and the last letter, truth in the Bible is one of the most important words in Hebraic culture. What this word emmet actually encapsulates, encompasses everything that is reality in life. That is truth. There's not 
partial truth. It's all truth. It, it's, it's so closely related in Hebrew to the word real that they actually use the exact same letters to spell real with little variances that change the pronunciation of that word. But it's so closely related to the word real that you could define the word truth as everything that is real. Stay with me. I promise I'm going somewhere and this isn't just going to be about words, but this is where Holy Spirit led me. And again, I believe I'm supposed to release this this morning to you guys. So then you have to go into then what is reality? Because the word reality is, is absolutely fascinating. It takes the letters that are in truth, the, the letters that are in real, puts them all together, adds some different variances again and some other letters, and Ben, you're going to love this. The word reality means this. That which is found. That which is found. At first, I didn't really think, but then I started, to, uh, I started to think about scriptures, one being your favorite scripture, Benjamin, which it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the glory of kings to search it out. In Matthew, we talk about this scripture all the time. Seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. In Matthew and Luke, they have their own variations of the scripture that says, knock and the door will be answered. Seek and you will find. The, the, the point is, the lesson in this, I believe, is the fact that the only way to know the, true, the truth and the reality of the kingdom is it's meant to be sought. And you can't seek the kingdom and seek the natural. You cannot balance the two. It's impossible for this to, 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 to happen. It, it's the reason why there's going to be conflict if we try to subscribe to a natural truth, a natural law, and then the kingdom, because they're so opposite. They're so different. And, and, and the thing is, is that it has to be in communion. That's why the kingdom has to be sought. That's why it's relational. We have to go to the source and not the solution. There is a, there is a need for us to seek truth, to seek truth in reality, not natural truth and spiritual truth, but just spiritual truth, just the truth of the kingdom. It's not a mixture. My, my, my son, uh, our son, um, Frank, is on this thing lately where he, where he, he uses what I would say is a half-truth. <laughs> he says things like, I accidentally, I accidentally ate that cookie. Well, that's a half-truth because you definitely ate the cookie. That's true. But there's no way you accidentally ate the cookie, right? So there's, there's no half-truth in the word truth. That's why it's the first letter, the middle letter, and the last letter. It's encompassing all that is real. All that is real. It's not, you see, and this is so important in this time and in this day, is that it's not a little bit of fear, but I'm, I have faith. It's full of faith, no fear. There's not a hold on and hold on. You can't enter into this age or this glory or this time holding on to the last. And so people think, well, my 401k is intact and I'm full of faith. Uh, or, or you know what, my, my business is surviving through this pandemic 
So, so I'm, I'm full of faith. Now, you might not verbalize that, but it's these times, it's these moments where you start to see, are you full of faith or is there a little bit of natural truth that you're hanging on to? There's a story in Matthew about the rich young ruler. It's one, of, it's one that I, I talk about quite often, but... The point of that story, when Yeshua says, or when the, when the rich young ruler asks Yeshua, he says, you know, how, do, how can I enter into the kingdom? And he basically tells him, sell everything that you have. And he's like, well, I, I don't think I can do that. <laughs> you know, see, I've, I've come to this place where I'm, you know, I've, I've got it under control. And he's, then Yeshua makes a statement that so many people misinterpret, which he says, it would be harder for a camel to fit through the eye of a needle than a rich man enter into the kingdom. And so immediately, most of religion tells you, well, that's because you're not supposed to be rich. You're, there's not wealth is, 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 is the root to all evil, and, it's, and it's, not, it's not what you're supposed to be, but that's not true. First off, just thinking of my, my wife and I have, have two friends that live in Destin who are probably, they're younger than us, and they're probably some of the wealthiest people that we personally know. And they are some of the most glory-giving kind, representative uh, people of the kingdom that we know as well. And they actually, they're just like people in, that you know, have fallen into drug addiction or they've fallen into alcoholism or they, they're, they're super poor and they, or whatever situation they might be in, it speaks to someone it speaks to someone that has walked through that same trial, that same difficulty in life, to speak life into that person because, not every single time, but it speaks to them because there's, there's, a, there's a present reality that, that this is truth, that they have walked through something that delivered them from a moment. And so the, the difficulty for, for, for people is, is understanding that, that even the wealthy have the same deal. These guys, tell, we were talking to them at dinner uh, last year, but they said, you know, we really feel called to, and we don't apologize for the wealth that we've accumulated. Really, we believe it's given us a platform to people that have made themselves, that have, that have, uh, that have come to this place of wealth, and they are miserable and are dying. And Yahweh's given us a platform to speak into their lives, to speak their language, and so what this, what this scripture is actually saying is not that, we, that you shouldn't be wealthy. It's talking about the entrance into the kingdom, the entrance into the kingdom. It's that hard, like a camel fitting through the eye of a needle, to actually enter into a kingdom reality if you're holding on to something that made you, Something that you believe that with, by the works of your hands got you here. A kingdom, man, I don't care how wealthy you are. I don't care where you've been. I don't care how successful your business is. I don't care where you are with your health, your marriage, anything else. All glory goes to Yahweh. So when something like that is removed from your situation, guess what? All glory goes to Yahweh. There's no question of where the source is. Even if the circumstance changes, all glory goes to Yahweh. So he asked me not to, not to find what is true, but what is truth. These are moments, I believe, that we get an opportunity to die to our old self. 
The kingdom is upside down, inside out, everywhere crazy. You cannot take the natural laws of of this earth, try to understand everything, and still have a kingdom reality. It's impossible. There's not a little balance here. And I feel like these moments reveal where you've been trying to balance things in your life. Yeshua says that those who love their lives will lose it, but those who lose their lives for me will live life, will gain life, will have it all, will experience life. It's, 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 it's just the absolute truth. It's, it's, it, like I said, it's, it's so inside out, outside in. You cannot take your natural views into a kingdom reality. And I feel like this is what Yahweh's highlighted in me. And it's dealt with some of the frustration because I'm starting to walk down the path of what truth actually is. And if I know truth, then I don't have to worry about in the natural what is true. Uh, I'm going to read out of John. Um, I'm going to read a lot of scripture this morning. So if that's not what you are into, um, (laughs) change the live stream. This one's not for you. There's a, there's a, a powerful story in John. There's a lot of powerful stories in John, but John 18, there's this, uh, there's, a, there's a moment, I'm going to read John 18, 33 is where I'm going to begin. But this is, is leading up to Yeshua's crucifixion. He's being brought by the religious leaders to Pilate, and they're saying, look, we don't have the authority to, uh, to, to kill this man ourselves, but he needs to be crucified. We need you to get this done. And so this is, where, this is where Pilate steps in. He says, Upon hearing this, Pilate went back inside his palace and summoned Jesus. Looking him over, Pilate asked him, Are you really the king of the Jews? Jesus replied, Are you asking because you really want to know? Or are you at only asking this because others have said it about me? Pilate responded, Only a Jew would care about this. Do I look like a Jew? It's your own people and your own religious leaders that have handed you over to me. So tell me, Jesus, what have you done wrong? So Yeshua looked at Pilate and he said, the royal power, listen to this, the royal power of my kingdom realm doesn't come from this world. Remember we're talking about what I believe Yahweh's spoken to me about today is the power within truth, within the reality of truth, kingdom reality. Yeshua is saying to him, the royal power of my kingdom realm doesn't come from this world. If it did, then my followers would be fighting to the end to defend me from the Jewish leaders. My kingdom realm authority is not from this realm. He keeps saying that. Actually, in Aramaic, you know what that actually means? It means it's not from this age. It's not from this age. He says, then Pilate responded, oh, so then you are a king. You're right, Yeshua said. I was born a king, and I have come into this world to prove what truth really is. You're right, Jesus said. I was born a king, and I have come into this world to prove what truth really is. And everyone who loves the truth will receive my words. Pilate looked at Jesus, and he said, what is truth? It was so significant of a moment that instead of asking any more questions, the only thing he cared about in that moment was what is truth? 
He saw in the, the look in Yeshua's eyes. He saw the, the, in, the, the resolve in a man's eyes who was about to be crucified, who was being given up to all his people, who's being asked, are you a king? And if you're a king, you know, is this not people mocking you? What do you believe about yourself? Who are you? What is your purpose? And he said that I come to reveal what is really truth. Leading Pilate to be so struck, the only question he could ask him at that point was, what is truth? As silence filled the room, Pilate went back out to where the Jewish leaders were waiting and said to them, he's not guilty. I couldn't even find one fault with him. We're going to jump over to, or jump back to John 14, because it's one of the most powerful statements Yeshua makes. And it's when he's trying to comfort his disciples. He's, he's in a place where he's explaining to them where he is going to go. He's telling them the way to get there. He's telling them that you know the way to get there and not to worry and not to stress. Well, then his disciples say, it says, Thomas said to him, this is John 14, verse 5. Thomas said to him, Master, we don't know where you're going. So how could we know the way there? And Jesus explained to him, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. In our definition, meaning I am the way, I am all that is real, and I am life. No one comes next to the Father except through union with me, the Passion Translation says. Or no one comes to the Father except through me, other translations might say. There's such significance to the fact that if we want to have relationship and union with the Father, there must be an understanding of the reality that's within Yeshua. That he is the way, the truth, and the life. So many times we limit this as saying, well, we need to be saved through Yeshua so that we can make it to heaven. But actually what it's saying, it's deeper than that. All of these things come after. But, but the truth is, is that in order to be where he is, to be seated in a kingdom realm, not one day, but today, Regina, not one day, but today, is that we have to understand and subscribe only to the fact that there is no other way, there is no other reality And there is no other life. There will always be conflict within us if we don't understand those three facts. That what is the answer to my life situation? What is the answer to my business going under? What's the answer to cancer? What's the answer to COVID-19? What is the answer? And Yeshua sums all of it up when he says one thing. I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. I am all. I am that I am. He is everything. To know me is to know my Father too. And from now on you will realize that you have seen him and experienced him. Philip spoke up, Lord, show us the Father and that will be all that we need. Jesus replied, Philip, I've been with you all this time. You still don't know who I am. How could you ask me to show you the Father? For anyone who has looked at me has seen the Father. Don't you believe that the Father is living in me and that I am living in the Father? Even my words are not my own, but come from my Father. For he lives in me and performs his miracles of power through me. Now, this is, this is, this is where this thing twists on us. Because we have the... We have the, uh, the, the tendency 
as people, as Christians, as believers, as, as, as kingdom sons and daughters to put this in the Jesus world, into Yeshua world, and, and, and to, to keep the responsibility over there. These are great, amazing stories. We celebrate that he has risen. We do. But listen to what he says to his disciples. He says in verse 11, 14 verse 11, believe that I live as one with my father and that my father lives as one with me, or at least believe because of the mighty miracles I have done. Now listen to this. I tell you this timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do, even greater miracles than these because I go to be with my father. So until that point, he's talking about the Father and him and him and the Father and their relationship. But now he's giving a little bit of a, uh, a, a revelation of the people that it's important that I go to be with my Father because then I will be in you and you and me and the Father and me and me and the Father and we'll all be one in union. And in that truth, in that reality, nothing is impossible. In fact, keep reading, it says, so I tell you this timeless truth, the person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do, even greater miracles than these, because I go to be with my Father, for I will do whatever you ask me to do when you ask me in my name. And that, that is how the Son will show what the Father is really like and bring glory to him. Ask me anything in my name and I will do it for you. (laughs) There's a responsibility that just got handed over. If you don't believe, at least believe the fact that I perform these amazing, powerful miracles. Believe that truth. You saw it with your own eyes. And then let me tell you this, the way that people will know the glory and see the manifestation of the glory of Yahweh in this earth is that there will be mighty miracles and displays of manifested power in those that follow me in their lives. That will actually display truth. It will actually display glory. It will actually show them towards the Father. You and I weren't just designed and put here to celebrate that he is risen. We're here to celebrate that he is risen within us and that we shared in the crucifixion and we share in the resurrection and that you cannot have the kingdom without the reality of the power that is within the truth of the kingdom. But no, we cannot balance the natural truth and the kingdom truths. Today, Well, I haven't seen those miracles. I'm not talking about yesterday. I'm talking about today. For such a time as this, for such an age as this, this mighty kingdom power that I operate in is not for this or not of this age, we just read, is what he said to Pilate. I am the way. I am the reality. I am life. Let's jump over to Romans 8. I told you we're going to read a lot of Bible. 
but I'm not going to take a long time because I'm going to read it fast. Don't worry. I could feel people turning off the live stream right when I said that. <clears throat> All right, so Romans 8, 5. Romans 8, 5, we've read so many times, it's wild. But this is the Passion Translation. I don't know if I've read it out of the Passion Translation, so let's see it new again. Those who are motivated, I said 8, verse 5, right? Those who are motivated by the flesh only pursue what benefits themselves. But those who live by the impulses of the Holy Spirit are motivated to pursue spiritual realities. That which is found, that which is sought after is reality. (laughs) Do you see the connections here and what Yahweh is showing me in this? The the reality, reality is that which is found. That's what I I said, right? That, that That which is found. The kingdom must be sought. It's So this says again, I'm just going to go back. Those who are motivated by the flesh only pursue what benefits themselves, but those who live by the impulses of the Holy Spirit are motivated to pursue the spiritual realities. For the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset controlled by the Spirit finds life and peace. In fact, the mindset focused on the flesh fights God's plan and refuses to submit to His direction because it cannot, for no matter how hard they try, God finds no pleasure with those who are controlled by the flesh. It's where my conflict was lying. This whole scripture right here is exactly what I was experiencing within myself, and I believe most of us, if we're honest, are experiencing within ourselves a conflict not of what is true, but what is truth. God finds no pleasure with those who are controlled by the flesh. But when the Spirit of Christ empowers your life, here's the good news. But when the Spirit of Christ empowers your life, you are not dominated by the flesh, but by the Spirit. And if you are not joined to the Spirit of the Anointed One, you are not of Him. Now Christ lives His life in you. Today, I'm adding a word, and I'm going to add that periodically through this, because I believe Holy Spirit has told me and challenged me to read every promise within Scripture as today. Otherwise, it's very easy to see it as one day. Very, very, very easy based on past circumstances, things not working out, but also based on the idea of heaven. Listen, this is the truth, is that there, I do believe that Yeshua is ultimately coming for his bride. My, my apostle Damon says this a lot, that I truly believe Yeshua is coming. But the, what I believe about that is not, is not important. I personally have my own thoughts on how that looks, but they're simply thoughts, Because his responsibility is heaven and where I belong in that world and everything else. I don't, my responsibility is here on earth as it is in heaven. My responsibility is bringing the reality of heaven to earth. So my focus never is going to be on heaven in one day sweet by and by, but my focus is the reality of heaven in this earth as a son. That's my, that should be my only focus. So now Christ lives in you today, 
And even though your body may be dead because of the effects of sin, his life-giving spirit imparts life to you because you are fully accepted by God. Yes, God raised Jesus to life, and since God's spirit of resurrection lives in you, he will also raise your dying body to life by the same spirit that breathes life into you. Or how you might read this in another translation is the same spirit that rose Christ Yeshua from the dead, now quickens your mortal bodies today. (laughs) Today. I feel such a challenge in my spirit this week. I feel such a challenge in my spirit this morning. (laughs) You see... (laughs) The Bible gives a historical count of the resurrection of Yeshua. You and I were designed to give a current one. In fact, I'd say if we're going to call ourselves Christians, if we're going to call ourselves believers in any way, if we're going to call ourselves kingdom sons and daughters, there has to be a desire of redemptive power rising up within us in a day like this and we cannot settle for the fact that he rose because I promise you in heaven this morning they're not celebrating Easter they're not passing out Easter baskets coloring eggs and I don't believe in heaven there's a whole lot of rejoicing going on over the fact that we pack out churches Because we get this great big program, throw the greatest party you've ever seen. We have pictures and hashtags and anything. We've got the Easter bunny. It doesn't matter. And I promise you at the end, what you can walk away with is a picture that says, he is risen. And I'll even give you something to put in your yard that says, he is risen. And we can make the declaration. We can celebrate. He is risen. The only way that heaven is celebrating the fact that he is risen is that it's effectively risen within you. That he has effectively risen within us, that there was a resurrection day for us. And that day has got to be today. Why? The planet's waiting on you. I'm no longer waiting for President Trump or any other leader to make a change. Though I pray, I'm going to tell you this right now, when I say things like I'm, you know, almost seem like I'm downing a, uh, President Trump or I'm downing somebody in politics, I'm, I'm downing the system that has become a natural reality that we try to balance with our spiritual reality, our spiritual truth. I, I, that's, that's, my, that's why I do that. I say things to, to hopefully disrupt something within us, to frustrate us, maybe at me, but at least it causes you to think that he is not seated on the throne, but Christ Yeshua is seated on the throne, and that throne lives and abides within us. The kingdom is within us. But I pray for the leaders, and I believe that in a day like this, Yeshua can infiltrate their lives, their offices, their minds, and show them a a kingdom truth, a kingdom reality, and cause them, even if they meant to operate in one way, He can cause them to operate by the impulses of the Spirit of God. 
That's what I believe. But my faith does not lie in them to correct a single thing if it's, not, if it's outside of the truth of the spirit of the kingdom. No policy, no law, no social distancing, no stay home uh, ordinance, none of that is ever going to fix the deeper issue that is in the United States of America within this globe because the only ones that carry that responsibility are you and me. Christ within you is the hope of glory. Woo! Romans 8, 18, it says, I am convinced that any sufferings we endure in the, in, is less than, let me start over. I am convinced that any suffering we endure is less than nothing compared to the magnitude of the glory that is about to be unveiled within us today. It doesn't say today, but I'm adding today. I'm convinced that any sufferings we endure is less than nothing to be compared to the magnitude of the glory that is about to be unveiled within us today. Hence Yahweh's original question to me or uh, original statement is that your conflict you're focused on the wrong conflict it pales in comparison to the actual conflict of you balancing a natural truth with a spiritual truth it's less than nothing your conflict your frustration your doubt and worry is less than nothing compared to the reality that should be starting to be unveiled within you. Verse 19 says, the entire universe (laughs) is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. Did I read that wrong? Did it say sons and daughters? It didn't say the next president that agrees with all and puts out all the policies we need. My business being successful. We're, we're small-minded is our problem most of the times. The entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. For against its will, this universe itself has had to endure the empty futility resulting from the consequences of human sin. Here's two major important words in this passage right here. But now. For against its will, the universe itself has had to endure the empty futility resulting from the consequences of human sin, but now, with eager expectation, all creation longs for freedom from its slavery to decay and to experience with us, with us, the wonderful freedom coming to God's children today. To this day, we are aware of the universal agony and groaning of creation as if it were in the contractions of labor for childbirth. And it's not just creation. (laughs) We who have already experienced the first fruits of the Spirit 
pause, let me go down to uh, the footnote here so we can define the first fruits of the Spirit would include His indwelling presence, His gifts, His wisdom, and His transforming power. Imagine what the full harvest of the Spirit will bring to us. The Aramaic can be translated the awakening of the Spirit today. And it's not just creation. We who have already experienced some of these amazing things, the wisdom, the, the manifest presence, all of these things, it's just scratched the surface because we haven't fully, <laughs> fully let go of the natural reality. reality. There, there's no half-truths in truths. There's no partial reality that is allowed into kingdom, true, pure, ancient, original intent reality. And it's not just creation. We who have already experienced the first fruits of the Spirit also inwardly groan as we passionately long to experience our full status as God's sons and daughters, including our physical bodies being transformed, for this is the hope of our salvation. Again, today. Well, what do you mean by that? Physical transformation of our actual bodies, what do you mean by that? That sounds a lot to me like you're talking about Jesus coming to earth or us dying and transforming into this new body. What about... I, I, most, most recent story I can talk about is when Apostle Damon recently came and he talked about his visit to Rosemary Beach in a coffee shop there. Someone stepped back not knowing him and we all know what he looks like. <laughs> not your typical preacher. Steps back and says, I've never seen clear eyes like that. I've, I've, I've seen it in women. I've never seen it in men. Never seen clear eyes like that in a man. Do you know that he walks around multiple places? He doesn't say this a lot, but just about everywhere he goes, there are times where he has stopped and someone says, who are you? Who are you? It's the, it's the saturation of the presence, the fullness of the Spirit starting to transform our bodies today to where people don't just see you and see you, but when they've seen you, <laughs> they've seen Him because He's within the Father, and if you've seen Him, you've seen the Father, and now Christ dwells within me, so if you've seen me, you've seen Him, and if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, because you've seen Him in me, and He's in the Father, and the Father is in Him, and I'm in Him, and there's all this mixture that we are becoming one today. But it's all about the selling out. This morning, we can't have a celebration without an equal measure of conviction. 
What are we manifesting? What reality in this day have we sold out to? What a great opportunity we have in a day like today to die to those things that we've been allowing to be in the balance. There's going to come a day where we have to make the choice. And I'm not saying that we haven't made a choice. I'm talking about the choice. To kill that side of reality that says, you got to know a little bit about this. You, you got to know a little bit, just at least a little bit about what's going on in the world so that you can make informed decisions. So that you're not caught off guard. So that your business can thrive. There's got to be people that say, I'm, 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 I'm selling out for the completion of the kingdom, of the spirit realm. That's going to be my reality. And if my business is successful, it's because that's to the glory of Yahweh. And if my business is not successful, that is going to be unto the glory of Yahweh. And if I'm in health today, that is going to be unto the glory of Yahweh. And if today I'm not in perfect health, one day it's going to be unto the glory of Yahweh. And that day should be today because we are learning to manifest the reality of the kingdom. I'm telling you, he told his disciples, you know how they'll know my father? It's because there's going to be a day where people come that do greater works than I ever did. There's going to be a day where there's a group of people in Bay County, Florida that start selling out to the fullness of the Spirit and they start to say, it's not just that He was resurrected, it's that I was resurrected. It's that I died to my old self and die does not mean I partially died. I just want to clarify that it means He completely was crucified to make sure they stuck a spear through His side. It is finished. There's got to be a manifested expression of the power that's within the truth or reality today. You might not be able to see them, but these people here are slain in the spirit. They're amening like crazy. It's wild in here. I wish you were here. All right, did I say we're going to read a lot of Bible today? What time is it? I know my boys are dying to get their Easter basket, so. (laughs) Jumping back into John 19, verse 17. John chapter 19, verse 17 says this, Jesus carried his own cross out of the city to the place called the Skull, which in Aramaic is Galgatha. Galgatha. God, I can't even say this right now. Help me. Galgatha. Okay, sorry. And there, there they nailed him to the cross. He was crucified along with two others, one on each side with Jesus in the middle. Pilate had them post a sign over the cross which was written in three three languages, Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. Many of the people of Jerusalem read the sign, for he was crucified near the city. The sign stated, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. Now remember, these people 
did not want him and hated the fact that he ever labeled himself as a king. But do you remember the, the experience Pilate had with Yeshua? What is truth? We know today now that what is reality? What is real? Well, Yeshua told him, I'm a king. I was born a king. And Pilate chooses to have the sign state, Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth, I'm sorry, I cannot speak today, the king of the Jews, but the chief priest of the Jews said to Pilate, you must change that sign. Don't let it say king of the Jews, but rather he claimed to be the king of Jews. So he, he isn't the king of Jews. Remember, take this off because he's not the king. He's not a king. We want it to be known that he was crucified because he claimed to be the king of the Jews. Pilate responded, what, I've, what I have written will remain. I just can't help but believe that that, that that statement didn't come because he saw the truth in Yeshua's eyes. What, I've, what I have written will remain. Now, when the soldiers crucified Jesus, they divided up his clothes into four shares, one for each of them. But his tunic was seamless, woven from the top to the bottom as a single garment. So the soldiers said to each other, don't tear it. Let's throw dice and see, to see who gets it. The soldiers did all of this, not knowing they fulfilled the scripture that says, they divided my garments among them and gambled for my garment. Mary, Jesus' mother, was standing next to his cross along with Mary's uh, sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. So when, <clears throat> so when Jesus looked down and saw the disciple he loved standing with her, he said, Mother, look, John will be a son to you. Then he said, John, look, she will be a mother to you. From that day on, John accepted Mary into his home one, uh, as one of his own family. Jesus knew that the mission was accomplished, and to fulfill the Scripture, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of sour wine was sitting nearby, so they soaked a sponge with it and put it on the stalk of the hyssop and, and raised it to his lips. When he had sipped the sour wine, he said, it is finished, my bride. It is finished, my bride. Then he bowed his head and surrendered his spirit to God. The Jewish leaders did not want the bodies of the victims to remain on the cross to remain on the cross the next day since it was the day of preparation for a very important Sabbath. <laughs> this is Easter. We got things to do. We got things to prepare. Guess what? Today you can't. No one on this planet can. I don't care if you have a drive-up church. I don't care what you have going on. Today is a day like no other, a resurrection Sunday like no other, to not try to rush things along so that we can get our celebration and our feast and our, 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 our Easter baskets. Today is a very important Sabbath, so... They asked Pilate's permission to have the victim's legs broken to hasten their death and their bodies taken down before sunset. So the soldiers broke the legs of the two men who were nailed there. But when they came to Jesus, they realized that he had already died. So they decided not to break his legs. 
But one of the soldiers took a spear and pierced Jesus' side, and blood and water gushed out. I, John, do testify to the certainty of, of what took place, and I write the truth so you... And I write the truth so that you might also believe. For all these things happen to fulfill the prophecies of the scripture. Not one of his bones will be broken. And they will gaze on the one they have pierced. I'm almost finished. John 20 verse 11. I've read this so many times, but it is so unbelievably powerful to me. <laughs> and it's just, <laughs> it's just a crazy story. Mary arrived back at the tomb, broken and sobbing. She stooped to peer inside, and through her tears, she saw two angels in dazzling white robes sitting there, sitting where Jesus' body had been laid, one at the head and one at the feet. Dear woman, why are you crying, they asked. Mary answered, they have taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've laid him. 14 then says, then she turned around to leave, and there was Jesus standing in front of her, but she didn't realize that it was him. He said to her, dear woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? Mary answered, thinking he was only the gardener. I'm sorry, I, this is, I, I can't get there on this one. He's, she's not Mary who followed Jesus almost closer than some of his disciples. She was there when he was crucified. All that stuff we read about, she was one of the ones, not his disciples, that were sitting there looking into his eyes, seeing what was going through one of the most unimaginable, gruesome deaths on a cross. She was there. She's broken and she comes to this place of his tomb. He's not there. She's got to be longing that even if somebody like the gardener kind of looks like Jesus, she's going to say, oh my gosh, it's Jesus. Could it be? But she mistakes him. She doesn't recognize him. She sees the gardener. Sir, if you have taken his body somewhere else, tell me, and I will go. Mary, remember, in the beginning he said, woman. Knowing Mary Magdalene's backstory, that's one of the many names she was probably called. But there was something about that man she chose to sell it all for and to follow, that when his voice spoke her true name, Something came alive in her. She no longer saw him as the gardener, but she saw the spirit of Yeshua dwelling within this man. I'm taking liberties here. It's not exactly what the scripture says, but this is my own conviction and my own truth. I can go and say this even about the story that Pastor Benjamin reads a lot about the road to Emmaus. When they're walking down this road and Yeshua comes to them, they're walking, they're conversing, they're talking to him. They have all of these, these, uh, these experiences with him right there and not until they come into the house and break bread do they recognize Yeshua. They've seen another man all this time, but then they recognize it, him as Yeshua. We're not our hearts burning 
How did we not see this? We're not our hearts burning. What are they doing? What are they saying here? They're recognizing what it is to be sensitive to the spirit of Yahweh and not the typical box that we put God in, that we put Yeshua in, that it has to look like this. It has to sound like this because one day it did look like this. One day the church did look like this. One day this was truth. The only way to stay relevant in the kingdom is to follow Holy Spirit. It will always be relevant. Ever-changing, but always relevant. Hearing his voice, she said, Rabboni, or Rabboni, Aramaic for my teacher, Jesus cautioned her, Mary, don't hold on to me now, for I haven't yet ascended to God my Father, and he's not only my Father and God, but now he's your Father and your God. Now go to my brothers and tell them what I've told you, that I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and to your God. It was always his Father. (laughs) That's Abba to me, God to you. Until he was resurrected, he said he prepared a place for us today, not one day. And we all of a sudden are put into the story where it's not just our God, he's also our Abba, he's also Father, and we get to address him, we get to speak to him, we get to live in the same reality of truth and power that Yeshua lived in. The Bible says, as he is, so are we in this world. I'm almost finished. And your father, I'm ascending to my father and your father to my God and your God. Then Mary Magdalene left to inform the disciples of her encounter with Jesus. And she spoke the first good news gospel message that's ever been spoken in all of history. And it was one sentence, five words, and it said this, I have seen the Lord. No, no, you saw the gardener. No, no, no. (laughs) Not with these eyes. With these eyes, there's good news. I have seen the Lord. And there has got to be good news today within all of us. To this world, to those in question, to those on the far right and on the far left and right in the middle. There has to be a day, I believe that day is today, where we accept all truth. Not partial truth, not I accidentally ate a cookie. (laughs) No half-truths, all-encompassing, the first letter, the middle letter, and the last letter. All of reality is encompassed in what is truth, not what is true. You can find what is true in this world, it'll get you nowhere. What you need to make the decision about, and what I need to make the decision about as we celebrate the resurrection of Christ today... is what truth is me and my family going to subscribe to? What reality? What is real? (laughs) What a crazy question to ask yourself. What is real? (laughs) It's like a matrix question. But for real, what is real? I, I believe that's our choice.
So I challenge you today. The kingdom, its reality, is meant to be sought after. The only way to seek after it, the only way to find the kingdom, the only way to seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness and everything being added to you is saying that the only way to do that, I'm telling you, is that to let go of the natural things. Don't all these things add to me and then I seek the kingdom. There's intentions, there's intentionality in the, in the way that's laid out. Seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness. Don't, don't, if, if you have question in your heart about what's going on or how to respond in a day like this with your family, with your finances, with your business, with whatever it might be, do not ask the question, what is true? Ask the question, what is your truth? What is your reality? What is real? That's the question you need to do because it's going to lead you on a journey of just seeking him. It's going to lead you on a journey to realize that the kingdom is not without relationship. You don't get part, you don't get some truths in the kingdom. You either get all or nothing. This is a complete sellout. So I, I, I want to go ahead and, and get the communion, Eva, if you want to bring this up here. I, I want to I activate, uh, do you guys know, I think they have, y'all have yours? They got theirs. We just need to. If, if, you, uh, if you weren't uh, privy to this or you didn't see Wednesday night, um, we, we're going to take communion today. And I, and I encourage you, if you did not listen Wednesday night, maybe go back and, and, and listen to this after taking this and realize kind of the power that we're uh, exercising here. This is not a traditional thing. That's not what we're doing. We're not just making some kind of tradition. Eva said it best that there is power in unity. There is power in the act that even though we're all separate places in our own homes, maybe gathered with our families, whatever that might be, us here gathered as a family, that this right here represents the power of the, of, the, of, of the stripes on his back, the wounds. The bread represents the broken body. He is the bread of life. We're speaking today life over this nation. We're speaking today a supernatural truth, a supernatural reality in our own worlds, in the lives of people that are leading this country, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican. Yahweh, I'm asking that your supernatural power, the truth of Yeshua and his resurrection starts to infiltrate the offices, starts to take over the pen that they're writing these laws with, starts to bring the reality in your glory today, today, today into this world that we bring heaven to earth, that we're not waiting for something to happen. Today as kingdom sons and daughters completely sold out to your truth, we take this bread and we make the declaration that by your stripes, this globe, this universe, this planet is is healed. And there is a turnaround today that's taken place by his blood that we consume today. By his blood, there is a knowing of the glory. There's a knowledge not of what's going wrong, but a knowledge of everything is, that is right. The glory, his goodness that is flooding this planet like the waters cover the sea. That is the glory that is going to come today. This thing is turning around. Even as we take this today as a family, you speak that over your home. I speak protection, I speak health, I speak 
peace, peace that passes all understanding to rise up within your home today. Let the presence of the Lord not just be reserved for Sunday, but be reserved for every single day that as we take this supernatural act of communion today, we're saying we're joining in union with the resurrection of Christ that's within us. And we fully say yes to the responsibility to not just manifest manifest some part of truth, but to manifest the fullness of his resurrection in our life. <coughs> we declare this in the name of Yeshua, our brother. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. So today in unity, let's all take this bread and drink, uh, drink the juice or whatever you have with you. There's no greater truth. There's no greater truth than our faith. Than the resurrection of Yeshua. There's no greater truth. All of our faith hinges on this one moment in time. There's no greater truth and the resurrection of Yeshua, Jesus the Christ. There's also no greater responsibility than the truth of the resurrection of Yeshua, Jesus Christ. There's no greater responsibility as kingdom sons and daughters, I just implore us today to just make the decision again, to sell it all. If you live this way, glory, hallelujah, may your body start to be transformed so that they see him when they see you. But for me in my house and for me in the Rock of Bay County, I'm speaking over us that today we're making a declaration to ourselves, within ourselves, that we're not subscribing to the the powers of this world. We're not subscribing to the truths of this world. But actually, through this communion we took today, we're making the declaration that we're subscribing fully, completely, ultimately all sold out, killing ourselves, our natural self today, to pick up the reality truth of the kingdom of heaven that we were called to bring today to this planet. And even as we speak now, I I don't want to lose focus on the fact that I speak regeneration to these trees that surround us. I speak regeneration to Bay County, Florida. I I ask that the beauty of, of of this county start to be seen again in the natural because kingdom sons and daughters have dominion over this land that it's been given to us and let the glory that permeates us today start to permeate the world around us, the land around us, and we start to see the actual earth as holy ground that's being redeemed because we have one who is the redeemer within us. I speak that into existence today. I declare that in the name of Yeshua. Musicians, if you will, I I want y'all to go ahead and come back up. I don't know if y'all have anything prepared. If not, nothing but the blood or reckless love, all of those things will work. And, um, and I want to say thank you again to you guys for showing up and to, to continue to say yes and be here for all of us. I, I, I want to just say one last thing is don't let today in the revelation of truth 
be common. See today and this moment in your houses with your family as the most impactful moment in your life. Today is something that has never been before. You've never had today. (laughs) You've never experienced today. But today we get to experience today, and it's a day unlike any other. And I believe that Yahweh is speaking to us through some of our frustrations and showing us what is truth, what is reality. Through this, we're going to start to manifest some things. We've said this before, but it's the wild game stuff we've talked about. It's going to taste funny to a lot of people. But it's how we were designed. It's what we were designed for. It's all that is real. It's all that is true. It's what we're designed to consume. And we're going to start to see uncommon things start to take place in this day. Unlike any other. We're going to start to, we as people, not, not just, he's an amazing man and I say this, I love him, but not because Apostle Damon walks around and people say, who are you? What, what's that? That you're going to start to have experiences. Yahweh's going to start to put you in situations where someone has, cannot help but say, who are you? What, what is that? What just changed when you walked by? What just changed when you walked into this room? Let this truth today set you free. Free from your mind, free from your mentality, free from your old reality. We kick that off today and we just say thank you, Yahweh, for another amazing day to to walk with you, to walk in your fullness. And we just speak that over the Rock of Bay County and all that are listening in all their homes. We speak peace and protection. We speak joy, unspeakable, full of glory. We speak the fullness of your kingdom reality. In the name of Yeshua. Amen. I love you guys so much. Be blessed. You are singing Thank you for listening. For more information on the Rock of Bay County, please go to therockofbc.org.